Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Each week, as you know, uh, I bring on guests that in some way have touched my life. Uh, Their work has inspired me in some way. Uh, Their books have inspired me in some way. Maybe I grew up reading their work in, uh, for, as, as a kid. Um, the gentleman I'm about to introduce you today, introduce you t- to today, someone I have not had the, uh, the pleasure and privilege of meeting in person. We get to do this virtually in today's day and age uh, while we're recording during interesting times. But uh, for many years, I have long respected him and wanted to meet him. So it's a privilege, an honor to, to introduce him to the Soul Talk community. He is the creator of the Diamond Approach to Self-Realization. The Diamond Approach is a contemporary teaching developed within the context of both ancient spiritual teachings and modern depth psychology theories. And uh, he's authored 18 books uh, about spiritual realization, the Diamond Heart series, which I read, The Point of Existence, which I read many, many years ago. He's founded the Ridwan School, an inner work school devoted to the realization of one's true nature. And uh, new book, Love Unveiled. So we're going to explore uh, his pen name, A.H. Almas, otherwise known as Amit Ali. Welcome to Soul Talk. Good. We'll talk from the soul. Thanks for coming on. I've been very excited uh, to meet you and connect with you. Uh, so much respect for you. So thank you for saying yes. Um, I, was, I was thinking here, I thought you're so young to be that familiar with my work for that many years. I, st- I started reading it quite a while ago. Yeah, it must so, be like the point of existence that was many years ago. I remember when I first started reading the points of existence, you know, yeah. I, I didn't fully comprehend it with my mind. Like I was like, oh, what is he talking about? But I could feel this guy's talking about something that I could sense, you know? And, and, and I remember really chewing on your work and digesting it. It took me quite a few years as a young man to really begin kind of digesting. And so I just wanted to meet you for a while and it's great to have you on, on the podcast. Uh, I'm curious, you know, about uh, people's journeys in terms of, I just, want to first start there in terms of how you first got into this work of spiritual teachers, spiritual teacher, spirituality, self-realization. Uh, what led to that path? It's not necessarily a traditional path. Uh, tell me a bit about the yeah. journey that led you yeah. on, on, that, on that path. It's definitely not traditional. And I started in a traditional way. I was 
first in the sciences. I, I, the sciences. I, I, I was studying physics and math at UC Berkeley, you know, for 10, 11 years or so. And um, because I wanted to find out what is the truth. What is the truth? What's the truth of reality? And by, at some point, before just getting my PhD, I realized by looking around, all, everybody there, all the great you know, uh, professor, that's not going to do it. I'm not going to find it. And that's when I realized that the truth I'm looking for is not outside, that it is somewhere else. That's when I started, you know, learning about inner experience, about with inner truth, and started taking workshops, meeting teachers, and things like that. And you know, I learned from many teachers, and I was exposed in many things in the '60s, '70s, and '80s. You know, at that time, if you remember, there were the, Hindi, the Indian gurus and the lamas and all the Zen masters. And all. I met many of them. Wow. Yeah, so I, I did many psychological things, too. You know, at that, that time, human potential movement, gestalt therapy, uh, you know, bioenergetic, wow. Reiki wow. therapy. I've done all of those. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was for about, you know... 10, 15 years and that kind of thing. And then I wasn't, then start, things started happening in me. And, mm. uh, you know, maybe because of all of these things, but I think it's mostly because of wanting to know the truth. Because I, I remember one time reading a Sufi story about uh, Land of Truth, it's called. And the line in it that stuck to me is that uh, you need to know the truth for its sake, not for anything else. That if you desire that with the fullness of the heart, you will find out. And that, for me, you know, oriented me. And my inner experience started opening up, right? Uh, having what people call awakenings and all kinds of things. Yeah, um, what, what's, what started happening in terms of the awakening? What, what, what was the experience before you continue on? Like I had an experience what's called ego death, for instance. Feeling some kind of a blessing coming in. I was rain, like a rain of blessing. It dissolved me. I'm completely gone. Nothing. Mm. Wasn't aware of anything. And I wake up, everything is clear. Everything is clear. Everything makes sense. So, so that, that was one, yeah, that's one, one thing. So, you know, for many people talk about having an awakened experience, you know, for me, I, I, no, I can't say that. I had so many of them I don't remember. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like awakening for me is not an experience. It is a stream of experiences, one after the other. And for, because of that, the way it happened to me, as a result, a teaching developed and teaching that I realized my experiences were just ways for some teaching arising from some place that I'm supposed to teach. Because something I was learning wasn't really for me. I realized I didn't need it. And that became clear. And at that time, I started to work with people some way. And then I started becoming, working more in a spiritual sense. 
And people start having similar experiences by me just working with them. And not my scientific method. That's how I confirm my experience. not just my experience. It's more universal. So all the teaching I teach is being confirmed by many others I work with or touch with me. So that, it's been years, decades of that developing. It hasn't stopped. That's an interesting thing. Like uh, awakening or enlightenment is not you get there and you stop and you just sort of rest and relax. <laughs> no, you, you live, you have to live and you live from that place. So what is, what is, what is enlightenment? I mean, there's so many different schools. One person said it's this, one person is that. One, you know, I agree. There are many kind of schools. What is it? What is it like? What is this thing that that so many people, you know, well, we, we search in the world, then we come into this sort of inner spiritual life, and it becomes another kind of seeking. And so, what is this thing that we're seeking? Like, how do you define enlightenment? Is it definable? What is it? How do you know if you're enlightened? Like, it is confusing because there are many definitions, many teachings, and the interesting thing is that they're all correct, but they're different. That's when people think enlightenment is one thing. It isn't. There are many ways of experiencing what's called enlightenment. And each one of them, the, the, what's common to all of them is that they all feel authentic, true, and coming from within one's own being, one's own consciousness. is isn't coming from hearing or synthesizing or reason. It right? comes from the depth and uh, illuminates the country illuminates your being and shows you what is it you are. What do you explain yourself to be? That is, I think, the thing that people really are seeking. They're seeking, I think, the truth. But what is the, the truth of what they are, the truth of what reality is, what's it all about? And that, so enlightenment means like that. Finding out what is the truth of what you are fundamentally, independent of your history, independent of race, gender, any all of that? You know, because all these are considered important but external. But there's something very deep and fundamental and everlasting. And you discover what that is. And so there are differences because some people say it's love, some people say it's awareness, some people say it's pure presence. And these are the differences that we find around the world, you see. But they're all true. I just, I experience many of them myself. These are, when I say I have different awakening, it is, I'm awakened in many of those ways. I know them from experience. But it is important for, for people, I mean, the listener, and that what spirituality is, what the seeking is, is to learn to be to find out what is the authentic you, the authentic being that is inherently you, independent of what happened to you in your life circumstances. All that important forms your outer character, whatever. But there's something very central, specific, that is really your nature, your being. It is knowing that and knowing it immediately in your own experience. And the knowing is not mental. The knowing is the being. You be it as you know it. So there's an immediacy of the knowing, very direct. 
felt, you know, like like uh, being, for instance, an expanse of transparent light. Or you, it's not like you're experiencing that. No, you are that. Or you experience mm-hmm. yourself as a solid mass of gold, conscious gold, as it's warm and sweet, but it is pure truth. So these are different ways that we can say, because the, the truth, the, our true reality, has many faces, appears in many ways. And people fight over it, who's right, who's wrong. Why are you fighting? Everybody's gonna experience it somewhat differently. Differently. Yeah, each teaching is different, has a different slant. And even within the particular teaching, there are differences in the followers of the teaching and how they experience that truth. What are, what are some what are some of the what have you found are some of the biggest uh, limitations or hindrances to awakening to realizing one's true nature? One of the main one is to believe you know who you are. If I believe I know who I am, then I'm always, I'm all, not open for something new to arise. So the truth needs the clearing. The openness, which is not known, I, can only, I don't really know. I don't really know, and then you really want to know. So the sort of the what I call it the, the hubris of believing we know. Most people don't know who they are. They know themselves socially and all of that, but not really what they truly are in the spirit. What's called the spiritual sense. Now, that is, I think, one of the main things. But there are many other things that are in the way of people's history because a lot of why we're not open, why we, we believe we know or believe we can't know sometimes, is how our history, our circumstances affecting us and develop our mentality. So we develop attitudes, we develop... Uh, belief systems, we develop um, psychological kind of patterns that are sometimes very intense, very deep. Like some of them, people talk about these days, like trauma, like abuse, trauma, abuse. These are very difficult things. They are in the way. And I think in the past, if you probably read the stories, uh, teaching a teacher, they're lucky if they have one or two people who are there. And I was wondering, why is that? I, my sense of it is that many of them were traumatized and they didn't know it. They didn't have that neighborhood and the teacher didn't know how to deal with that. So whoever was lucky wasn't traumatized, wasn't, didn't have a difficult life experience, you know, a childhood experience where made them generally open, somewhat trusting, you know, to feel I don't know without freaking out. That's not easy to feel. I don't know who, who and what I am, right. and not be and be open, be still curious. Mm. That's so a who, very essential thing. So, who are we? I mean, what, what are we? I mean, most of us we think with this body, this this yeah. name, this form, this this. You know, if you ask the, the person out there, they'll be like, "I'm me. I'm Ku. I'm John." What you mean? Who am I? 
this is who I am. I mean, I, I'm a man. I'm a, you know, Japanese. I'm African. I'm Italian. I mean, crazy. Who am I? This is what I am. I'm a father. I'm, I'm, I'm a son. All, all of that. All of that's true. But you notice, for most people, at some point, they will feel not satisfied in their life. Right. Right. They don't. They're not satisfied. They're not completely happy. Sometimes the meaning of their life, why they're here, is eluding them. Because all of that is true, but it doesn't go to the heart of the matter. Mm. Doesn't go to the essence of the of what we are. So I call it essence, our essential nature. Meaning, it is when you when you experience the truth of our being. It's like how, and for if you take physics, which I studied. When you learn the elementary particles is the nature of all matter, right? Doesn't matter what the matter is, a living matter, you know, inanimate matter, cells or rocks or mountains, it's all made out of elementary particles. It's like finding the elementary particles of you, but not on the physical level and a more consciousness, the spiritual level. The fundamental, the irreducible, nature, which, which turn out to be a beauty and a wonder and a goodness. That's the thing that is beautiful about it. That's why when people discover it, uh, you feel contented, you feel fulfilled, the seeking ends. Partly because you feel contented and happy, it feels good. But partly it's like the search ended. You, it's there. You're there. You see? But um, that, when we talk about how different teaching define it differently, that's where the difference comes. Some say it's pure awareness, yes. meaning not just awareness of something, like you are the very substance of awareness, or you are pure love, like just pure oceanic effulgence of golden atmosphere that is purely loving and generous. Or some people say it is pure presence, it is the healness and the immediacy of the consciousness, conscious of itself at all points of itself, like a medium that knows itself and knows it is the truth. That's not just a few different ways of knowing what we are. So someone who might be listening to this and they might say, okay, I hear you. Sounds, sounds beautiful, but I don't feel it. I don't feel, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I don't feel that oceanic, you know, love awareness. Uh, I just feel like I'm this limited thing. And I, I understand that you're telling me I am pure awareness. Uh, where can this, where can someone who is stuck in their identity or this sort of sense of separate self, where do they begin? Where does someone begin? How, how, how do, how, how does someone get to that point of that, that, that experience? Oh, that's the story of my life. That's how I began <laughs> to, I remember hearing, hearing the teacher talk, I said, what are they talking about? I only feel myself as a body with aches and pains and this and that. I'm getting my rolling or a massage. Oh, you know, it took some time. 
That's the one thing that people, especially these days, don't understand. And that really takes time. It takes learning. It takes practice. You have to, you have to, important thing really to have a teacher or a teaching. That is the most secure, the most uh, time and time tested way. There is a teaching and you trust the teaching. It is authentic and it says it has developed, helped other people, you know, get to that point and that it speaks to you. And then a teacher who you trust, who you, who you can, who can guide you. And then on top of that is that there will be practices, uh, exercises, the ways of contemplation and working with oneself. Because as I said, there are many things in the way. There are many things in the way to start. You know, many people don't start because they're busy making a living, you know, surviving, which they can't be blamed, but because they're busy surviving. But some people at some point, maybe they manage to survive or even the survival, even without survival, uh, the inner knock is loud enough. It's a natural thing that happens, you see. Wanting to know who we are, what the truth is, what God is, that is a natural thing that comes from deep in the heart. It's not learned. And each one of us will get to that point in our life. You know, some, and, and, but then we need all the support that, you know, the practices, the teaching, the teacher, being part of a group of like, like-minded people who follow the same path. All that helps, and it takes some time. I mean, for me, it took me studying with many teachers and doing many things for 10, 15 years before something really starts, you know, arising naturally. No, and then it took on its own momentum, little by little. Can anyone awaken? Is is it is it everyone's destiny to awaken, it, it, or is it just someone's destiny in this lifetime to? I don't want to say be asleep, but not awaken. I mean, um, it is a good question. Good. First of all, from what I see, from my I know myself, knowing my consciousness, my being, and for many of the people I work with. And everybody has the same potential. Everybody has, it's part of potential of being a human being, is to know oneself as what we are, to, which is to actualize our full potential, really. Everybody has that potential. Now, that doesn't mean everybody will. And as we know from art history, not many people do. Few do. But it is possible for you, and you don't know who it is, who's going to awaken. You know, it's hard to tell. Sometimes I work with students, some of them seem going to awaken easily, take them many years. Some of them, I think, well, oh, God, they're so stuck. But then they surprise me. There, something happens, and things mm-hmm. spark, start flying. You know, <laughs> so it's you know it's. But yes, I think and I think that if you feel the inner knock, if you feel the inner burn, you're gonna have to follow it. You can't help but really follow it, and it's good to follow it correctly, to have a chance. Meaning to go, not to go believe, oh, I know what, how it is. Nobody knows how it is at the beginning. You need guidance, you need support, you need, um, 
And it will take some time for some of us longer than others, and some of us. And the other thing also that are important here, good, is that there is the awakening or the liberation that some people attain. But the spiritual journey is not just that. Spiritual journey has many stages, many things that happen. So one can have be open to the spirituality, to the inner realm, and experience many wonderful things, and many the life can expand and have more fulfillment and without being completely awakened. And we need to recognize because many, that is more actually what happened to most people who who follow a path. A few of those will get the awakening, which means completely free from the self of the ego. But some, they still have some ego, but this does have deep connection. That's really, usually people say, well, I'm so glad I know myself. I know reality this way. There's a gratitude that arises love, people become more real human being, more, um, or, or what I call more of a real hu- human being, meaning really human. <laughs> You're really kind and compassionate, loving, and you want the good, the good, the happiness for others, not just for yourself. And you're open to listen to others, know them, understand them, and participate, contribute, enjoy myself. But, you know, part of my enjoyment is you know, also helping others enjoy themselves. You mentioned the, the stages in the spiritual, in the spiritual journey. It's not just like yeah. awakening. Can, can, yeah. you, can, you, can you share more and give us some more understanding of what are, what are the stages? Uh, so is there a map, uh, sort of a well, guidepost that you can give us? Different teachings have different maps because it's like, you're going someplace and there are many the roads to it. And so it has different uh, uh, maps. So, but generally speaking, first is the recognition of discontent that life is not complete as I know it. Or recognizing I don't know who I am, why am I here? And then feeling the inner drive the inner uh, natural drive or longing, which can be as longing as love. And then uh, uh, beginning to study, beginning to practice, beginning to follow a path. And then from that arises, begins, you see some of the barriers, some of the difficulties, and you learn how to work with the barriers with the difficulties. Each teaching has a different way of working with the barriers and the obstacles. And then things start to open up as you work through some of the obstacles. You have different kind of experiences. Like sometime, you know, in my work, somebody will feel, they, have, they might feel that they are sort of uh, cowardly, they can't raise their voice, they're afraid of being strong and all that. They feel a sense of weakness. And when they explore it, what is this weakness? Allow themselves to feel the weakness, not shy from it. Feel the weakness, feel the incapacity. Then you see there's a history behind it. And the history, what is it in history, in your relationship to your parents or to your community or to whatever racial or cultural thing that 
made you feel that way. And by understanding those, since they are not fundamental to reality, it's just something what happened, they will evaporate. And they evaporate, people start feeling this kind of inner fire, inner aliveness that feels hot and strong and powerful. You feel alive and you feel real, true strength that has nothing to do with physical strength or mental. It's a strength of uh, spirit. And with that comes courage and uh, boldness and feeling the capacity to do things, the capacity to confront reality and not be afraid of other people's angers and not be afraid of, of being assertive. So that's an example for us. I'm wondering, is, is there a stage where one loses interest in spirituality? As in, uh, as, as yes. In, you know, as in seeking, you know? Yeah. As in, yes. because that, that can also, I don't know, like sometimes that can feel scary because we've been seeking and we identify as like, I'm so spiritual and then it's just, it's just not that interesting. And, and, and can you speak to anything about that? Now that is, uh, first of all, there's no one answer to that because there are many stages of that. Uh-huh. Some people, you know, lose heart, you know, their work and work and nothing works. So, you know, it's uh, usually most people like that won't say I give up. It's more like what I got is fine for now, you know, but I'm not going to get the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And but there are other subtler places of not seeking, which is when you really find the truth, uh, finding it to being it, you realize, oh, what happened to the seeking? It's not like you decide to stop. It just disappears. It just disappears. Just disappears because it's, uh, you know the thought is here, and uh, so that ends the seeking. That is usually the more the classic way. But the other further subtler stages, when at some point you feel not interested in spirituality, you're not into spirituality. You have no enthusiasm about anything, and that's a subtle thing. Not many people get to, and seeing things are sort of neutral and. Well, okay, I live my life, nothing so exciting. But many people take that to be uh, the final thing, but it isn't. It's actually a sign to confront your attachment to your enlightenment. Can you talk about that? Confronting your attachment to your enlightenment. Yeah, because people, they get into this non-dual or as you said, expanse or ocean. And there is a subtle attachment, so subtle identification. Oh, I found it. That is the truth. And there is a subtle attachment. And then there comes so the reality that the inner truth will, will work on us by making us be free. So that you get to the place that, well, I don't care. It doesn't matter. You know, enlightenment, no enlightenment. And that then opens up enlightenment in a different way. Mm-hmm. You see, and if a person takes it to be that end, they they feel disheartened. But if you stay with it and understand, what is that? What is this sort of lack of interest? You might find it's just the beginning of recognizing a neutrality about anything that happens. A real dispassion. 
that opens up the spiritual universe in other ways you haven't seen before. Because what you have, what I have learned is one thing, but there are other things. There are many other things because the the spirit or the be true being is a whole universe in its own. It's not just one thing. You know, there are dimensions, there are uh, qualities, there are forms, there are f- uh, facets, there are angles to it. And I mean, it's, it's so my life for now, for the last you know, few decades, is mostly living and exploring that and learning about it as I learn about you know, ordinary life. But it is the major part of my life, exploring these things, and there's no end. So people who take that when they arrived at is the end is the danger. That's the attachment. There's another one. There's another one. When you see that there's no end, that yes, I know, but there is still, I don't know. Mm. That is a more real place. Mm. So at this stage of your life, this is kind of a side question, but you know, do, do you get pissed off? Do you get upset? Do you, what, what do you experience? You've had all of these awakenings. Because many yeah. times there's this idea of, oh, you, you, you have these awakenings or you experience enlightenment and uh, you're just in infinite bliss and no matter what happens all the time, it's just roses. And so... I'm no, curious. it's not like that. I'm curious here, yeah, your, your inner... What's your experience? Can you, can, can you just like, take us into your experience a little bit? See, the, the bliss or the happiness is the dominant thing. It's not the only thing. I mm. still sometimes get disappointed, disgruntled, or, you know, and pissed off, as he said, or, you know, or sad about something. Not as much as before, not as frequently, not as in, uh, intensely, and doesn't last. I can see it, let it go, and get over it easier. But in the past, it's like, you know, when I'm having a problem, it was the thing that I remember I used to get stuck with and not, is to be stuck through someplace. Uh, you, you don't, you feel you can't move. And that lasts. It's hard and you don't know how to, to I didn't know how to navigate it. That doesn't happen anymore. I know how to navigate. I just live with it. Mm-hmm. open to it and welcome it and understand it. Right. So yes, though human things do arise, they just not, uh, they don't determine my life. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, I, w- I want you to talk about and give us some understanding of, of ego, the nature of ego. What is it? How, how do we navigate it? Because it seems like it, it tends to run our lives as human beings in so many ways. Yeah. Um, and and h- how do we, how do we free ourselves from it, so to speak? So we're not so, I mean, so much of humanity, we're run by our egos, chasing this, chasing that, identifying, projecting, you know, posing uh, social media, ego, ego, ego. And so it seems to be a source of such suffering. And uh, how, 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 how do, what is it? How do we deal with it? How do we? First, first of all, ego is natural. That's what the first stage of development. Every human being grows up as an ego. Mm. 
So it's not something to feel bad about. You know, some people ego is more problematic, has more suffering and more conflict than others, depending on the history, because history is partly what develops the ego. The ego is nothing but the inner consciousness, the inner soul uh, that is conditioned and structured by our experience. So as it becomes conditioned and patterned by our experience, it loses touch with its true authenticity and it becomes the outer pattern, whatever that people know as themselves. That's why we call it problematic because it's not the true self. But it's natural that it happens and nobody should be ashamed of it. And, and, and the thing is all spiritual teaching begin there. If you ever hear the spiritual teaching begin somewhere else, it all begin in the ego. Because that's where everybody is at. It happens to all human beings. You wonder why? <laughs> because it's the natural thing. And I think of it as the first stage of the development of consciousness, which makes, brings me to the idea of theory of evolution. You know, how the theory of evolution, Darwin and others, they thought that, you know, the evolution is to the propagate the species or to propagate your offspring. And I think, I don't think, well, that's, there's something incomplete about it. I don't think evolution, because evolution is life evolving. Life doesn't just want to continue living. They're changing because it has more up its sleeve. I think life wants to develop so that it becomes conscious of itself all the way to waking up to what it is. And I think I, that, I don't know, I'm not you know, a scientist in that field. Otherwise, I think the theory of evolution needs upgrading, updating to include this possibility because we see it happening in many places throughout history that the, the evolution, the, the evolution of life evolved the evolution of humanity. The humanity has evolved and I think will continue evolving. And part of the evolution that some of us experience is inner, not outer, physical, which correspond to changes in the nervous system, of course, and the brain circuitry. And I think we are destined to evolve to for life to know its origin, to know what it is, where is it coming from? So Anything that? Yes, beautiful. How, how yeah. do we then, in life, as we live life, deal with this ego? How, how do we navigate with ourselves when? Well, first we need. Yeah, I mean, the first awakening is to awaken that you are ego, you're not yet your true self. So that's an awakening. That's an awakening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, like awakening, awakening yeah. to, to, to the fact that you're asleep. You're asleep. You realize you're asleep. That's what Gilchev called the terror of the moment. <laughs> you know, when you recognize, oh, I'm asleep, I'm mechanical. You know, I'm not the true free person who I thought I am, that I could make my own choices, whatever is true. Most people don't make up their own choices, <laughs> you know. And that is the first awakening. And then from that, if you recognize that, then you're on the way to begin to awaken to what you are. Because you awaken to what you are not first. 
And that is where most people are at. They haven't awakened to that. Ego need to awaken, you know. And it, who else will awaken? It is from within the ego, a consciousness that is has got formed into an ego, wakes up to the fact that this peace uh, pattern, this sense of person, the personality is not, is either not me or it's not the whole thing. There's more to me than that. And uh, and many people feel there's more to life than what they're experiencing, and they want more. And you wonder why do they want more? They know someplace there is more. They just go about it in a in the direction that they heard about. They're in from this or that, and people say, "Oh, it's my deepest dream." It's not their deepest dream. They developed it from their childhood experience. Or the, the deepest thing is not a dream. The deepest thing is what I call. Uh, the heart desire, desire that comes from the depths of the heart, free from all history. Heart desire. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, why do we incarnate? Why do we incarnate? This process of incarnation. Okay. Before we were these individualized mind, body, you know. Yeah. Mead, cool. no, that, that, that is a deep question, actually. Yeah. What, what, what incarnates and why do we incarnate? Yeah, you see, first of all, Eastern teachings have their idea about karma and all of that, that you incarnate to finish your karma. Yeah. I, I have my different view about that. I think we incarnate because there is a value in this ordinary physical life on Earth. Mm-hmm that we can learn things we cannot learn otherwise. Mm-hmm. We can develop capacities of consciousness that are, are, we can hone them in a way that cannot, we cannot do if we just in the realm of, of pure consciousness. Like there's something about precision, something about exactness, something about how to relate to other beings those you need to live and you need to be here with other and touch them and feel them and respond to them. So I think life is like a school. We incarnate here, we come to school in some sense to learn a certain education. That's my view of it. So from your perspective, I'm trying to ask a question here. It's like, what incarnates is, is, is a soul we incarnate. I mean, like what, what is the mechanism? What is the, what is the process? We're in this sort of pure consciousness realm as one mess and we, like we incarnate into this individual. Yeah. Identity. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. what about, are there past lives? The, and, well, and I mean, whose past uh, lives, you know? Uh, yeah, that, that's a whole other question about past <laughs> life, whatever that has, takes us to the reincarnation. But first of all, it's true, our authentic being has no size or boundary or shape and all of that, right? It, it is the fundamental nature of the universe, ultimately. However, the fundamental nature of the universe cannot know itself except through a particular being. Okay. It doesn't have eyes and ears and sense organs, all of that. 
Torah itself, it, it emerges from within it, an individual being, an individual of consciousness. And some people call that soul. Mm. An individual of consciousness, that that what comes to life. And it is an extension of the unbounded, you know, uh, pure spirit, but it is individualized. Otherwise, there won't be that many people, you know, all different uh, disposition, different qualities. So there are many individual con uh, consciousness or individual souls. You know, the Western teaching call them souls. Eastern teaching call them different things. You know, they do have, some of them, Indian have, do have a concept of soul. And uh, Buddhists talk about Coming into human life is important for enlightenment. They don't say it's a soul, but if you go deeply into their, what they call uh, yoga, you might find out that there is something like an individual consciousness. They call it clear light. The sun clear light, which means not the parent clear light. You know? But so without this individual consciousness, there's no possibility of ego, and there's no possibility of awakening. Because uh, for the uh, fundamental truth to live life, the idea, the purpose of, you know, to know ourselves, but uh, as we know ourselves, we recognize it is that how spirit lives life as an individual. So a spirit which has no form, no shape, no size, no, all of that, and uh, pure goodness and pure awareness, all of that, uh, appears as an individual, develop, you know, emerges or like extend itself as an individual through a body to and come to this world that we know on earth and may, maybe there are other places too. Who knows? Besides Earth, to learn different things, maybe. And we learn things, and and Buddhists say that's where you get enlightened. You can't get enlightened unless you're a human being. And I think I don't know if that's true or not, but I do. It does it is possible for a human being to first to develop spiritually, and that spiritual development can lead all the way to freedom from ego which you recognize that your identity is not the ego, your identity is the spirit. So when this, when we die, so we're just back and kind of asking questions here, but what happens? Like we die, so much is back. And then that consciousness returns. Well, you know, recently, I don't know, you probably heard that Thich Khan passed away. Yes, passed away, yes. Yes, you wonderful teacher, wonderful person. And I've already knew that he was really, really realized, you know, wicked being. And so after I die, he died, I had the capacity to look and see what would happen. I knew that sometimes with some people I'm interested in. I saw that he was 
the pure spirit and its uh, boundlessness and its stillness and peace. At the same time, there's a glimmer that I recognize as an individual that is Tikhanar Khan. And he was the one who cared about the grief of uh, his people. You know, so there's both. And we, as we die, depending on our development, some of us, when we die, if we haven't recognized our spiritual nature, we will be just the individual that we know ourselves to be, the way we know ourselves internally, our subjectivity survives that way for some time. If we have recognized our true nature, we will have the, the true nature with an individual consciousness. The individual consciousness can be more or less free of the conditioning. The more we have learned, can be completely free or can be still need to learn. Remember it itself. As you look at the last few questions. Oh, there is life after life, in other words. There is life after life. Yeah, yeah, because life is comes from spirit. Life is the life of spirit. It is not physical, really. It's what makes the physical alive. So life basically leaves the body and continues to live in a different way. When you look at the world today, uh, yes, the last couple of years. Yeah, no, no years. kidding. The last couple of years it sounds <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I, yeah, hope, I, mean, I hope it has an end soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's been intense, right? I mean, it took us, at least took me, took many of us by surprise. Uh, pandemic, this, that, people losing their jobs, you know, upheaval. Um, a lot of uncertainty on the planet for people. Well, maybe. there's a pandemic. There is polarization. So what is there the... All the whole, a lot happening. Can you give some, I don't know, spiritual perspective on like, what the hell is happening? What, the, what, what, is, going, what is going on right now in this time? Because I know a lot of people are, 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 some people like, so excited the best time, amazing, so great reset, it's an awakening. And there's a lot of people in reality that are losing hope and, 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 and becoming depressed and suicidal and losing their jobs. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's real. Oh, yeah. So uh, what's, what's uh, going on? Give us some perspective. Yeah. I mean, what's going on? I don't know if I understand what's behind it, but there is a lot going on. It seems like there is a whole wave of difficulty or negativity is going through the human race mm. in many ways, all the way to Russia's amassing troops you know, in Ukraine. I mean, uh, everywhere uh, people want to have war, want to control things. Uh, you know, it's like it's not new. Humanity always has those kind of things. It just happened to be more than usual and more concentrated and many things at the same time. So, and uh, it's a challenging time. I think we'll get through it. I don't know how, you know, and in what shape, how many will be scarred, already scarred. Many will learn, will mature. I think that there's an opportunity in it, however, uh, which is not an easy one to accomplish. Opportunity for true autonomy. 
to autonomy. Yes. The meaning, the meaning you are so seated in yourself, your authenticity, that you are off can hold your ground. You, you, you know your truth and you, you can find truth through your own intelligence instead of hearing this, hearing that, hearing the media, hearing the uh, internet. You can discern because you have your true intelligence that is not just wanting to find something to latch on, not wanting to belong to one group or another, but wanting to know what is the truth. What's happening about any particular thing, and at, at the same time, the autonomy is, is if it's established enough, we can be open to the others, even people who have different views, and listen, able to listen to them and be empathic to them. So that's what true autonomy. What I mean by true autonomy is that we can keep our. Because many people say, "Well, I'm just being independent, expressing my freedom of speech." But, you know, they heard it of some internet uh, podcast. It's not really uh, what they call it. They don't know many times what the freedom of speech is. But if you really, you have to be very deeply grounded in your being, in your authentic spirit to have that kind of autonomy and to know what uh, freedom of speech, what's the point of freedom of speech and uh, what's the point of having your choice and all of that. And then, with that, you're so established that you're not scared of being open to all the views, all the currents. That is the opportunity that I think this situation uh, can allow us. It's not an easy one to take advantage of, but it is. And I think some people will probably learn that. But it is a difficult, challenging time. So the opportunity to find that. Yeah, because the, the, the autonomy is very much connected with awakening with or knowing your yourself beyond the outer. Because the outer, the ego, which is thoughts and beliefs and ideas, is what really was taking the views and polarization. It's all coming from ego, really. If you're really true human being, you can't help, but you don't want to hurt anybody else. And you would think everybody, you know, deep inside are having a hard time and they need to be known and understood. You know, that will be more true autonomy. It's beautiful. Beautiful. I really love this conversation. Um, lots to think about, lots to marinate on, you know, just really feel yeah. Good marination. Like I think for many, it will take them years. And the thing I want to tell people, yes, don't be afraid that's going to take years. Mm-hmm. What you got? You got all of your life for that. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's not like this is the most important thing in your one's life. So it's fine for it to take time. Mm-hmm. It took me decades. So yeah. we're, so, we're in such a rush today. I mean, you know. I that, know that's that, that's the new thing. The new thing. Everything is fast, you know. Yeah. And they keep developing phone faster, 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 and we think enlightenment should go along the same way, fast. <laughs> it doesn't go that way. <laughs> what happened? What, what 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 about some of the spiritual teachers that say, "Well, oh, there's no time. It can happen in an instant," you know. That, that kind of feeds the fast mentality, doesn't it? I mean, it's just... it can happen in an instant, but how many people do we know that happened to? Right. 
it's it's a very it's, I mean you do people want to take that risk and wait for it to happen in an instant? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. What's a final question? Uh, you've shared so much today again so generously. Um, if you were to reflect on your life, and I can really feel you've lived a lot of different experiences and levels and, and been through a lot. And I'm just curious if you were to maybe just summarize the, the three most important life lessons that you feel you've learned, that if you could only pass these three keys to the next generation, that these three wisdoms would evolve the consciousness of the next generation the most, that you pass these on. I'm curious what your three life lessons would be that we could kind of distill in three points and pass on to the next generation? I think the first thing that comes to mind is humility. Humility. Humi to recognize that I don't know the whole thing. There's a lot I don't know that I need to know. You know? And then to be find uh your heart desire because everybody's heart desire is a little different, appears differently, which is the true desire from the soul, from the spirit for what its destiny is. It is not, doesn't come from outside of beliefs, right? Reading books, listening to lectures, all of that. Those can help, but you have to come from inside. And the other thing is not tires. To remember, it takes time. It takes work. It takes steadfastness, commitment. It takes commitment. It takes dedication. It takes passion. A passionate engagement. And it, uh, and that, these are the three things. But one thing I want to tell people is that as you get into it, it's really fun. It's an adventure. I mean, just like watching a you know, thrilling, adventurous movie, I mean, it's not always easy. It has to have problem difficulties for it to be exciting. That's the inner life. It's like that. It's, you go up and down. Sometimes you terrify. Sometimes you're all happy and spacious. And sometimes you're angry, whatever, and contracted. Sometimes you're melting. And it goes on. And But in time... The positive, the goodness dominates more. And that is true for humanity. That is our potential. Beautiful. I love that you're just keeping it real. It takes time. Yeah. It's not an overnight process. There's no magic, no magic bullet, right? That no, it, it's, a, it's a process of ripening. It's a process of ripening. Beautiful. Yeah. We all ripen. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for just sharing. Uh, also, um, you know, just thank you for all of the work that you have done on yourself because it's people like you, pioneers like you, Hamid, who have, I feel, in consciousness, blazed the trails in the jungles, you know, of consciousness for my generation, generations that come after me. So you know, we have people like you to thank. Well, I, I think, uh, yes. And, and I think there are many people like that, like Iqlat Khan, but others who are living. And the, these people are really the continuity of the human race. Yeah. When people think of the human race, survive, it will survive if there are people like that survive. 
Yeah, I just want to thank you for that's the truth. And I really also want to thank you for the opportunity to give me the time to talk about what I know. <laughs> and a blessing. To, to, yeah, to be helpful as it's, much as I can. Yeah, It's been a blessing. I want people to find out, uh, get connected with you, your school, yeah. your work. I know you have some great books out about the Diamond Approach, Point of Existence. Also, Love Unveiled is a, is a new book. Is that yeah, coming that, out? Yeah. When is That's that coming it. out? The Love Unveiled is the last the last one that came out. Just came out. Months, exactly. Came out a few months ago. Mm-hmm. No, not not actually. That's not the last one. That's the one came out last year. The last one was Secrets, the Keys to the Enneagram. Keys to the Enneagram. Okay. Yeah, that's gonna, the last one. I'm going to yeah. check that book out. And I'm in yeah. the midst of uh, reading the PDF for Love Unveiled, so I can't wait for that. And that's yeah. a nice one because about it shows that love. There are many kinds of love again. You know, there's a passionate, zesty love, and there's the melty love, and there's appreciative, sweet love, many kinds, and they're all flavors of spirit. We'll have to do uh, at some point maybe a part two talking about love, because that love and spirituality, that's a whole other, you know, yeah. topic. That's what I think when people talk, keep talking about where in the consciousness, I said it has to have love with it, otherwise, it's not juicy. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll bring you back for sure. And what's the best yeah. website that people can find out about you, your work? Well, the best website is diamondapproach.org. Diamondapproach, uh, Diamond Approach as one word, dot .org. Diamondapproach.org. Yeah, that's where my work is. I have a school that has developed uh, because of this teaching. It has all the information. We'll put all of the links in the show notes. And uh, yeah. folks, uh, definitely encourage you to check out the work of Amir Ali and check out the books and the Ridwan School. Check out the book, uh, Love Unveiled, which I'm reading. It's on my reading list right now. I just started it. And The Keys to the Enneagram, another new book. Uh, do me a favor, everybody. Send me an email, coopblackson at coopblackson.com. I would love to hear your key takeaways from today's special episode. It was a special one. We dove deep on many topics, wide-ranging topics. And uh, uh, I think it's going to really inspire you and and uh, cause you to marinate in many ways. Share this episode with everyone in your life. Write a review. And uh, check out Hamid Ali's work with one school. Hamid, thank you so much. Hopefully, we get to meet in person. My so, pleasure. Well, that'll be nice. Good, yes. Thank you. Bless you. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, much love until next week share this episode with everyone in your life big hugs much love love now if you've enjoyed this episode of soul talk please do share the podcast with all of your friends let everyone know and make sure you download soul talk today i'm looking forward to next week where i'll get to share more inspiration with you meanwhile follow me on facebook instagram or social media you can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com if you feel ready to take your life to the next level join me at my exclusive event in bali www.boundlessblissbali.com where you can find out more and apply also make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com Sending you all big hugs and love now.